Hello and welcome to the swim brief. Oh, the whole gang is back together. Um, we got uh, Joel from uh, his childhood bedroom. Joel, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Good to see you guys. Yeah, I got my kids' room. This is the one place where the cats, uh, I've been able to secure the cats from entering. They, they tore apart the house that one time we tried to do the podcast, and that didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. You got a, a beautiful Ikea dresser, I think, in the background. And, um, of course, I don't know if I should throw stones when it comes to backgrounds in terms of this. I have improved a little bit. but um, Yeah, you, you've improved from your mom's basement to your kitchen to industry standard white contractor right. paper wall. Good. <laughs> An unpainted, yeah, just a primered wall. Yeah. Um, and uh, joining us from the hottest state in the union, Texas, Eric Wyken. Eric, how are you? Doing well. Just come off the road a few days in Colorado. It's kind of nice. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. Fantastic. Well, um, we got two topics, and uh, then I told uh, the guys that, you know, maybe I was going to throw a surprise third topic in there, which uh, Eric's face, the way Eric's face just lit up when I said that, I, yeah. I feel like I have to do it now because he's just... As listeners of the podcast know, he's thrilled. Like like the um, Christmas tree in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's how I. Yeah. That's how my face. Yeah. Looks. He's just beaming from ear to ear. Great, you're going to throw a surprise at me. So, um, w what we're going to get into today is essentially um, we're going to get into an ethical question uh, around recruitment of athletes that have been sanctioned for doping. And then I have a, a question for the guys. Basically, somebody posed to me earlier this week about um, where where would be your college coaching dream job? And then based on how you answer that, maybe I'll have a follow up. Um, but uh, as for the first topic, um, and I sort of quickly sort of want to move away from the specifics of the story um, when we get into discussing this, but um, was so reading uh, a, a recruitment commitment article um, uh, at LSU earlier this week. They recruited a swimmer from Bosnia and Herzegovina who had served a doping suspension. It was really a two-year suspension that was reduced to six months on appeal where essentially the accepted explanation on appeal was that uh, he unknowingly um, took the thing that he came through on the uh, drug test for I'm, I, 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 it does not really matter to me. Um, it was some sort of asthmatic uh, drug that's probably considered a stimulant on some level, um, as many asthmatic drugs are. Um, and I don't really want to get into the specifics of the LSU part of it. I just want to talk more in general, I guess, about doping and college recruiting and uh, swimmers that have been sanctioned and then, you know, what should be your process as a college coach on the other end? And, and Eric, of course, I know, um, LSU is a speedo team. You work for speedo. Um, that's a, another reason why I don't really want, uh, to talk in the specific about the LSU case. Um, but you know, at least give us whatever, whatever opinion you feel you can on a topic like this. Yeah, I mean, it's 
it's a difficult situation you look at at some of the as these instances especially as the the ages of the athletes are getting younger and younger and there's a situation here where it comes up that um it's an inadvertent thing he's presenting the supplement the supplements tested the ingredient that they found is not actually on the list of of ingredients there and then on top of that it's it's the kind of of ingredient that's not it doesn't end in OL. It's not, you know, it's it's not a testosterone situation thing. So I guess there's, there's certainly, he's, right. you know, he's had his sentence. I said it's reduced, and then he served it, and then he's kind of, and he's moving forward. So I'm um, hoping that he, you know, learns from the situation and and what he's ingesting in his body. Um, but I see, I see personally, no problem in in a situation like this. Um, taking it on face value that, that this this athlete is recruitable. This isn't something that it, there's there's malicious intent. Um, and for, you know, for that matter, anybody in, you know, kind of that part of the world where there's a lot of stuff that is really taken from them in terms of control, when it's like you're, yeah. you're following this line because it means so much to your family. It's like it's your, your kids are put into a hard spot. You know, we hear stories of it's like, you know, if you don't fall of this line, then the money that's helping your family stay alive, you know, ceases to exist. Um, so there's, there's, you know, there's certainly some, some gravity to some of the stuff that's happening in and around them. But um, as far as this, this level, I, yeah, kid can come on and learn, learn his lesson and, and move forward. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's an interesting ethical question here. Um, I tend to agree with what you said, and that is, like, I, I think in most cases, I don't really believe in double jeopardy. And, you know, like, if somebody gets sanctioned for something and there's an agreed-upon punishment for it and somebody has done the time, you know, like, that should – that's the punishment. We've 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 – put a lot of effort and energy into deciding what the level of punishment is. Um, and in this specific case, we're talking about somebody who um, ended up with a six month ban. They ended up having some European uh, junior results voided. Um, but I think also like where it gets more interesting for me is um, I think there's plenty of people out there. I happen to be one of those people who believe, for instance, that uh, China as a country is engaged in state organized doping of athletes. And we have seen some elite Chinese athletes come to train in the NCAA. Not very many of them, but there have been some that have come into the NCAA system and um, you know, they're not um, necessarily, I think for the most part, coming with any sanction behind them. But, you know, what, like, if you're somebody who believes that, you know, is it ethical for you to recruit somebody who you have some reasonable suspicion may be using performance enhancing drugs? Um, and, but they haven't, maybe they haven't even been sanctioned for it. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, that gets, 
that's where it starts to get a little bit iffy when you're looking at an entire country behind yeah. a, a push like that. Um, you know, you have you have an athlete that's that's coming to you that up until this point is not tested positive. Um, I guess it would just be a matter of seeing where the history is. If all of those, if all of the negative tests and all the tests they've ever done have only been in China, right? Then that's a that's a huge red flag. But if there has been enough tests in and around competitions before and after, not specifically in China, that are um, being handled by other other um, countries, you know, governing bodies and and, and drug drug testing people. Um, I would be I would be a little bit more open to that, like it being here, for example, or they were tested often in Australia or, um, you know, anywhere else other than China, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, then it, 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 it opens the mind. But then at the same time, you have to be very, very aware that it's going to come with consequences should you just you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong in this situation. Um, so. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would, I, so I think that if I was still a college coach and this will lead into our next question and I was still recruiting, I don't think, I mean, I think it would be almost, I would be doing it on a case by case basis because I think, um, for instance, if I was, I think I would put Russia in as a country where there's reasonable amount of uh, smoke, if not a, a raging fire in terms of state sanctioned doping. But I almost feel like you'd have to be at a certain level to be involved in that program. And I don't know, I would probably be put in the position of going on a case by case basis. I don't think I would feel real comfortable um, recruiting at a certain level yeah like from, the, the russian national team yeah right. you know and and like there's plenty of people that represent russia internationally that for instance like just grew up somewhere else yeah. right and i i like i don't know call me um biased uh nationalist you know whatever um i'm not ignorant i don't have my head in the sand in terms of people from other countries doping, I'm sure that they are. I'm just, I, I just feel much more confident that there is state-sanctioned doping. I don't believe that, like for instance, and I'm, I'm one of the most critical people of the USOC out there. I have no inclination whatsoever that the USOC is like funding some sort of doping program. Like that, I, I just don't, you know, I, I, um, I think, that uh, I, I don't think they're clever enough to, even if they wanted to, <laughs> you know. So um, that uh, that 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 would definitely, I think, that would come in to me. And I guess then the question is, and maybe we've got Joel back on the line. Hopefully, think so. you hear us all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, do you think that um, there is a growth? in sort of a win at all cost mentality at even, even within college swimming, right? We don't think of it as cutthroat as maybe some of the big revenue sports, but do you, do you feel like we're trending towards more um, sort of win at all costs? Or do you think that there's still kind of like a lot of honor 
in the sport of swimming and we're still sort of saved by being, I guess, more low key than those other sports. Is that directed to me? I, th I think, um, yep. win at all cost is, is a, is a foolish way to go about it in the sport of swimming, especially <laughs> at a university, but I also don't believe there's honor. So I think you're completely wrong on both accounts for your question. <laughs> You reject the premise of the question. So I, 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 re I re reject your question entirely because first and foremost, if you're like, let's say like, again, this is an SEC school and again, taking all the particulars out of it, football is going to be the king there. You know, if you win a national title or 10 national titles as an SEC school, how, how much does the athletic department care? Of course they like it, but you know, if, if you win, you know, if you win a single SEC game in football, all of your national championships are page seven and everything about like the left tackles, like childhood growing up is going to be taking over it. So what I'm saying is like, it, it, if you're winning at all costs and you do something even unwittingly illegal, you brought NCAA in to sniff out everything. And now they might find out something about football, which they do care about or basketball, which they do care about or baseball or whatever the other sport is. So I, I think the problem is, a lot of times, because we're so insulated in the swimming community, that we think that winning actually means something, and it's it's one of the criteria for keeping your job at a, at a big school like that. But it's not the only criteria. The other criteria could be gender equity, could be grade point average, it could be that the NCAA isn't coming and sniffing around. And the second thing is that's all you need is it becomes whatever your school is, it becomes kind of known as the school that's willing to take risks. And, and go after these kids that have doping on their on their resume. That's something again that that kind of taints the whole uh, athletic department. So much like right. at Penn State, I mean, remember the, the you know how horrible everything was at Penn State. It wasn't just the football team that got blemished with that. The whole university was blemished and still is by by what went on there. So what I'm saying is like if you become known as one thing, everyone else can use that as recruiting. Um, right. But on the other hand, obviously, if, if you if you have a team that's strong enough, maybe you can bring in one. But I think that's the thing is you have to lead that clean life, you know, all the time. And then you can bring in the one person maybe to take you to the edge. Because if win, if you do win, that does kind of wipe out a lot of the, the blemishes. However, I think it's just too big a risk. I know just at the, you know, Division three level I was at, you know, we would like, hey, check out the Twitter account go back as far as you can on the Twitter account because that's all you need. It doesn't matter how fast a kid is. It doesn't matter. Oh, we won conference, but there's this, you know, what's going to be the story for a division three team. We won conference or this person, you know, used, you know, wh whatever, you know, maybe racially insensitive, maybe use it, like, you know, whatever it might've been, that becomes the story. And so one bad story can wipe out a national championship. And so you're taking a lot of risk. You're like, Oh yeah, I really trust this kid. It's like, a kid you just met, you know, uh, it, it's nice to you, you know, but again, you're, you're going to get burned at some point. Um, I'm not saying in this case, it's a bad thing. Again, it, it could be a, uh, you know, again, a, a, a reasonable error. Uh, but yeah. how, how many reasonable errors are you willing to take a risk on? So, I mean, I, I, I think I hear what you're saying, you know, just looking at the landscape of college swimming, one thing, that I see going on is I, I think something that we take for granted is how much the competitive level um, improves every year. 
uh, where I think a lot of a lot of ink is spilled or words are spoken about it where people go, wow, I can't believe how much faster, you know, it is to make NCAAs mm -hmm. this year and what um, and this sort of relates back. I, I recorded something without you guys, in the, uh, you know, because, you know, stuff comes up timely in between podcast recordings on um, Steve Youngblood parting ways at Florida. And I have no idea what happened there. Right. And I think anybody who's trying to talk about it right now seems to have no idea what happens there. But something happened that I, has to have led to uh, a coach leaving you know, at this point of the season from such a premier program. Um, and I just think that things that the underbelly of that increased level of performance is that things are a lot more competitive, that like a lot of um, coaches are, are really walking on a wire's edge in terms of even though they don't get like, you know, the salary of the football coach, almost there's the expectation, right, that they're going to live mm -hmm. a similar lifestyle right. to the football coach in terms of dedication to what they're doing. And that does have consequences in in people's lives and it does influence, you know, what kind like what kind of decisions we end sure, up making. Sure. And I, I could see somebody, for instance, like I, I I'm it's great for me to sit in my chair and say I wouldn't recruit a national teamer from China. I could see somebody going like, you know, at, um, I don't know, I don't want to throw out a random school, you right. know, but um, if there was a mythical 15th created SEC school, you know, um, if Mississippi State decided to bring back swimming, yeah. Um, yeah. right, and they were like, we got to win SECs, like, let's get this kid, mm -hmm. you know, let's just, let's do it, right. because uh, she'll take first in the 200 fly, and like, we need to get up in this conference. I, I could see that scenario. Yeah, I, th I think that's the thing is like you have to kind of look at um, what your athletic department in general values. And again, if it's like, hey, we moved up to third place, you, you, you put what kind of risk versus the reward of third place? No one cares, especially at a school, you know, like let's just get Alabama, for instance, that's used to winning national championships for football. It's used to coming in first. And for them, that becomes the new bar. First, first is the bar. First is average. And winning nationals, then that becomes above average. And so now you're like, well, we came in second with this person. You're like, well, that's not good enough. And Or like we moved up to 32nd in the nation, which for a swimming coach, you're like, wow, that really is impressive. However, yeah. for the athletic department, you're like 32nd? It's, it's not even bowl eligible, is it? And it's like, oh, we don't have right. bowls. In but yeah. And, and so that's, that's the thing is you end up having to explain a lot. And so at the end of the day, you really have to kind of be able to be true to yourself and also to your team. You know, again, there, within a team, you know, there's going to be jealousy too. All of a sudden you just lost your roster spot or you lost your relay spot. And this person is like someone that might have cheated. Again, it, 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 there's so many different layers that you have to manage, whether it's the, the administrative side, NCAA bringing the, the, you know, the, the strike force in. Uh, whether it's on your own roster or whether it's your own kind of values, um, all, all that has to come into play because, again, at any point you could lose your job and you want to be able to like, this is the hill I'm willing to die on. And so that's the one where, yeah. you know, bringing, it, bringing a kid in that has a questionable past, whatever it might be, whether it's drugs, illicit drugs or performance enhancing drugs, that, that becomes kind of, again, the banner for your team because everyone's going to start recruiting that. It's like, oh, you want to go to that place? They only take people that are bringing it, you know, that take PEDs anyway, you know, someone's right. going to say that because 
going back to your first foolish question of honor among coaches, there's not because it is. It's, it's it's high high stakes as far as getting recruits. I've known a couple of coaches that have lost their jobs because they weren't getting the recruits in. You get like a year or two to bring in recruits, and if you're not doing it, you might be out. And so again, it, it there, there's a there's a pressure to have that recruit and to, to move yourself up. So now that I we've painted a bleak picture of the college swimming landscape, I'm and, and the questions you asked. And I want now. I want to segue to my next question, which is, if you could just work as a uh, college coach at any college, um, where would you go? And I'm going to make a couple special rules for this, and they're mainly to accommodate my choice. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course. So sorry, it's my so question. I've created this board game. It's called Chris Wins. So I'll it's give you Chris guys wins. the rules of Chris wins. Yeah. Go ahead. Now you all have to play by Chris wins. Yeah. And my rules are you don't like, you can choose who else coaches there. So you don't have to choose to join an existing coaching staff. And you don't necessarily even have to want to be the head coach of said team, right? You can choose whatever job you want. Um, that's rule number one. And second one is just to spice things up here. Um, you can choose a school that doesn't currently have a swimming and diving program or a swimming program, you know, because who cares about those guys who do all the bouncy stuff? You know what I mean? Um, I guess athletic directors and coaches that want to win. But anyway, I digress. You can choose to you can choose to create a swimming program at a school that doesn't currently have one or used to have one and does have one. Um, and Eric's been silent for a while. And of course, I've just changed the rules on him. So anyway, Eric, where would you go? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because then I have to put my hat on as wanting to be a coach and wanting to be in collegiate coaching and and that kind of thing. And um, I guess whatever you can say nowhere, and you can tell us why. Yeah, there you go. That'd actually be the interesting answer. Tell us why nowhere. Tell me, tell you why nowhere. I will say. Yeah. I will say if I'm going to just take a coaching job and be a college coach and have some opportunity to coach older athletes like that, it would actually be um, UCSD. So, uh, Why? University of California, San Diego yeah. is your answer. Yep. Okay. And, and why? Well, for starters, have you been there? Um, I've been to San Diego. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, just, it's right there by Torrey Pines in La Jolla. Um, Great facilities, two fifty-meter tanks, basically next door to each other. Um, it's consistent weather. It's easy to recruit kids into that kind of environment in terms of uh, of, of wanting to be in a specific place. Uh, as you know, as far as the staff goes, um, you know, if we're talking, if we're talking a combined program, you know, I mean, I. That, that certainly allows me the opportunity to, to bring in, you know, an extra person and, and looking at, you know, uh, you'd have to have a diet program. I mean, maybe not, I don't know. Yep. Durden yep. doesn't need one up the coast. Um, he seems to be doing okay without a diet program, but I don't know. Well, they're, trying to, they're trying to get trying something to, going. I don't mm -hmm. know if I necessarily am trying to get a national championship as much fun as that sounds. It's a, it's a different level of work and, and, and whatnot, but you know, the biggest thing to me is to bring in somebody who's who does have background in whether it's an undergrad in psychology or you know as 
as you have. I think a lot of this is just to try to see if we would hire you to be on our staff. Yeah. That's what I think a lot of this this, this conversation oh, so you're, is. You're oh, this is a marketing ploy. Oh, yes. Chris. Would we hire Chris? We got duped into staff. this, didn't we? Exactly. Son of a gun. I didn't and see it till so, now. But to, to answer, yes, I would have, I would hire people that would be, uh, that would be willing to, would be open-minded to the idea of positive psychology and just the, I guess, the, the not so old school um, methods of, of, of coaching because that just, and that just ends up getting you in, in the public eye for the wrong reasons. And then, as Joel said, the NCAA comes sniffing around and your basketball or, or football or baseball, I would assume it's actually baseball down there. Um, yeah. But then all of a sudden people are sniffing around that. Um, yeah, that would be, I guess if I'm picking individual people, that's difficult. Um, you know, it's. You don't have to pick your staff. You just, you just don't have to like, so I just mean like, there's going to be people that answer this question, for instance, and they might go something like, I want to be an assistant coach at, University of Texas, because then I get to hang out with Eddie Reese every day. Yeah. And that's amazing. And there might be other people who are like, I don't really know the people there. I don't know if I'd get along with them. I don't want you to hold back from your answer, you know, because it's not necessarily like the people. No, but I, that, You'll understand yeah, when I get to I my answer. You'll yeah, understand I, why I, I put I that in it's, there. It's far more important for me to hire. Um, you, you can teach coaches to do certain things you could you can work out the x's and o's you can get better at that you can have people coming it's another thing is we've all talked about it's another thing when you're recruiting coaches to be on your staff that are decent people so yeah um if if there was actually a person which is kind of funny i had an assistant coach at, at heartland aquatics when i was there and um she actually worked for one of the local one of the local companies it's, it's agribusiness all over the place um, dealing with a lot of, of Corn? actual, not that, no, like actual oh. like me- medicine for, for animals and stuff like that, but super made, from corn. made from corn. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like double major in biology and biochemistry and like, but soup just have an amazing ability to connect with athletes and listen to them yeah. and be there for them and just be able to s- we had a great dynamic in that she could sit back and observe and offer points and it would be easy to take them from her and just take that constructive criticism. But just having somebody who has a level of empathy and understanding for kids, um, that is not always easy to find in people. And, um, and she actually dealt with injuries. So she had a lot of that on her own swimming. So just having that, uh, added, experience as an athlete is what it's like to to work through certain things um well so i i decline your theoretical job offer to be an assistant coach i, at I, I said somebody like you i didn't say I would hire and you. i i just want to say I, i'm declining because i can't i can't afford to move my family out to san diego to be an assistant yeah, coach that's why i picked it at at uc um and you know, I just don't think Kate would go for it. So thank you for the offer. I, I appreciate your consideration, but yeah. I will come on as a consultant and fly sure. out there three times sure. a year. Um, I w- I'm happy to do that and, and help you uh, set up some of that yeah. piece. So Joel, Joel, the HR code for the job posting is going to be in your email here in about 30 minutes. Okay. All right. 
Joel, what you got? Where are you going to be? Well, it depends. Like, obviously, you didn't really, you know, give any parameters because, again, this is the Chris Wins game we're playing. So if it's Division One, Division Two, Division Three, or something can, like that, you can. It's you. It's your choice. Yeah, so yeah. You can... Well, th- th- then I'd probably stay with Division Three, and it wouldn't matter where we're working. I, I think that the big thing, like, if I was going, I was just going to stay like a Division One program. If I were going to do that, the, the you, you kind of have to look at all the different layers that, that are going to bring people to that program. What's going to make, because it's all about recruiting. What's going to make recruiting easier? It's going to be, you have to have a, a diverse group of majors. You have to have a place that people want to live. And right now people are going to want to play some, you know, where the weather's pretty temperate. Uh, obviously the pools are a huge part of it. Then also the money that comes with it. And so like a Stanford is obviously great just because of the facilities they have. It's a university that's recognized, you know, everywhere. And, you know, recruiting is going to be a little bit, easier in that regard in that you don't have to explain, you know, where, where Stanford is to people. It's 72 and sunny every day, you know, or like, um, you know, obviously the hard part then is, is just the, the academic standards, the rigor and things like that. You, you look at like a Georgia, it's also a very good school and they got the SEC kind of money coming in. I think, I think Georgia would be a good one, especially with um, uh, th- their ability with, uh, with uh, the lottery to um, basically in-state tuition is, is, you know, if you're if you're a qualifier, I think you're almost free, isn't it? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll yeah, it's it's the Hope Scholarship. I mean, yeah. just just if we're throwing it out there, essentially anybody with a 1080 yeah. on their SATs and a 3.0 out of four on their high school GPA, if you're admitted yeah. uh, to a Georgia public university um, and you live in the state of Georgia, the Hope Scholarship covers fifty yeah. percent of the cost of attendance. So you're you're already at fifty percent right. because it's an in-state. So so something like attendance. that would be good. And then yeah. uh, you know, so like Stanford and Georgia would be would be ideal. Again, if you're like wiping out everything else, you know, as far as like any other pitfalls or any history, anything like that. Just if you're going to start up a program, obviously one of those two would be great. The problem, obviously, with Stanford is you know how are you going to afford to live there? I mean, hey, I make two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Great. Did you want that studio or what, what What apartment are you looking to rent at? You know, versus like Athens, you know, the money would go a little bit farther. So I, w- I would say something like Georgia would be good. But for me personally, that that's, you know, that's the layer for school is what you're looking at. Is who's going to come there? What kind of athletes? And generally the athletes are very good swimmers are very good students. Um, but then also you're looking at like, like Eric was kind of going uh, deep into it was the, the assistance you know, hard to get a, you know, Stanford at Berkeley, you know, these are really expensive cities to live in, you know, to get a, get an assistant coach or your own coaching salary, it's pretty hard. And then also you've got the layer of, if it's, you know, a com- combined program and, you know, are you at two different conference meetings, one conference meet, are you both nationals? That's why I'm like, I'm good with division three. I like those kinds of kids. I'll, I'll just go division three. But if I were going to go for a division one university startup, like what would be the model? I think uh, Georgia would be the place to start with. Um, obviously, you know, everyone's going to be like, you know, whatever they're along. We're just saying, again, as a game, the, the basis yeah. you need is affordability. You need a, a school people want to go to. You need a, a culture, climate area that people want to be a part of uh, and you know, affordability. So I think I think Georgia meets those criteria. So you came really close and you, you covered some of the points that are, are going to be in mine. And I would say my, my runner up also was Stanford. And I do think, I mean, part of the way Stanford has gotten around this, my understanding that Greg Meehan and Dan Schemmel both live in houses that right, right. the university owns. The university, they do, they do that for professors. And- 
and for coaching yeah. staff, they have a university owned because no one else in the world can afford their except Bill Gates. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so uh, that would that that's that would honestly be my second answer. Um, and my first answer probably going to surprise a lot of people, um, even people that know me pretty well. Colgate but University. Would, no. Come on, Colgate. Come on. Colgate. I would love to coach at Georgia Tech again. Oh man, I'm just uh, freaking. We waited all this. I just, just how do you turn this <laughs> off? This is crap. I would love to coach at Georgia Tech again, and that's sort of why. But I will, to be honest, I will spec. That's why I specified not necessarily with the people that are there because um, I don't think it's any secret. I I don't get along with my former boss, who's the head coach there. Um, uh, we didn't have a good ending to our relationship. Uh, I have apologized to her for some of the way that I behaved at the end of it. I'm still waiting for my apology um, in the other direction. And I, I suspect I'll probably be waiting for the rest of my life. But um, I think it is an amazing, that said, I think it's an amazing place. And, and every time I reflect on my time there, um, it's mostly really, really good memories. I think that um, I hear you, Joel, like talking about um, Division Three in a, in a sense where I don't know. I, I, there's a sense, I, I guess, that they're they're more sort of student athletes, like the the actual ideal of a student athlete, than you might find at a lot of sort of high powered Division One schools. But my experience at Georgia Tech was that the kids that I coached there were legitimate student athletes. These were primarily kids that um, came there for a re really rigorous academic experience. Um, most of the time in engineering, some of them, you know, wanted to go on to be uh, doctors too. I mean, that was sort of like the main profile. So just incredibly, incredibly dedicated people. And I, I think about the swimmers that I coached there and I feel really fortunate. Um, to have come across some of those people. And it's been, even as I every year move farther and farther away from it, it's actually, I, I see myself um, gravitating towards following the lives of these people because they just really are truly exceptional people. And so I, I think it presents a unique opportunity. I told this to someone, they were like, why wouldn't you prefer Georgia? Like, if you're going to pick a school down in Georgia, like, like you said, like Georgia has the perfect setup, but like, having experienced Georgia Tech and having experienced the kind of kid that, that goes to school there, like I, I really, uh, that's, that's, that's where I would choose. I think, I think also if we have to kind of throw in the caveat of like, you know, the four people that listen to this podcast, they're like, well, this is ridiculous. Hey, you obviously want Texas. Hey, seven. Joel, I'm, I took a, I took a stance against Kyle Sockwell yesterday for that kind of self deprecating <laughs> comment. And okay. we, had 4,000 downloads of this podcast. Well, that, that's when I'm not on it, though. When, when I'm back on yeah. it, it goes back to four is the problem. But but the, the, the criteria of, again, is like every every university obviously has the pitfall. And so like, I think, again, you want to kind of outline the rules of this game is that, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of just eliminating a lot of the pitfalls that are there because we don't know what goes on in administration. I remember once this one division coach and I were division one coach and I were, were on the pool deck at a training trip. He's like, man, I really want to get in division three. It's like even playing field to be so nice. You know, everyone has it. It's like, are you kidding me? 
it, it, like again, I, everyone on the outside always thinks the grass is always greener. And um, but again, we we think of these things, uh, and that's why it's it's a game. You know, just so again, this is all just clarifying the rules of the game. That again, everyone of course has pitfalls and administration and things like that that you need to deal with. But I think again, what what we're hitting on is again, kind of goes down to what what kind of athletes are you looking to work with? Um, because again, certain coaching styles, like if you're one of those like you know, get in and go, shut up, don't, you know, no questions asked kind of a thing, then, then obviously the, some schools aren't going to work for you very well. You know, like yeah. a Harvard, like a Princeton, or like you're saying with, with the Georgia Tech or something where a lot of engineering students were just, just how, the nature of the student athlete that you're getting. Um, and, and so that, that's part of it. And you're also, you know, as we age, that's the thing is like, you know, if you have a family that changes everything too, you know, versus, and that's, because I'll have, you know, some of my former swimmers are like, I want to coach at this level or this level. It's like, well, do it now, dude. Because, again, if you want to work at a, at a big university, it, there's going to be a lot of things that go to it that you don't get to see. You never always sees them jumping up and down, pumping their fist at NCAAs. It's like you don't see them jumping up and down, pumping their fist 4.30 a.m., you know, at that first morning practice. But that's, that's the energy level and enthusiasm they are expected to have as an assistant. And yeah. again, so much of this, even at Division Three, recruiting is everything. You have to have a university that people are going to want to go to. They can afford to want to go be there. Um, and, you know, I, I, I bring up football and other sports a lot of times. But you look at, like, you know, Heisman Trophy winners. You know, what schools are they going to go to? It's always like a coast school, especially in the, in the lower half of the country. It's like, again, athletes are, you know, you're up in Pennsylvania. It's, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black. It's 20 degrees out. Or you can go down to UCLA. It's sunny, seventy-two. You're like, I'm ta I'm taking that, and so that's that's just part of the part of the nature of it. So again, we, we get everyone has their home state or their home university that they appreciate, um, but these are factors that, that go into it. And so it's not always about the quality of the coach. It's also, you know, the quality of the university and the quality of things that you're able to offer those student athletes. All right. Well, that said, let me ask this. Since we created the game as Chris wins, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could change, if you could change the rules of the game to influence your choice, what what would you change? And I'll go to Eric first. Um, I don't even I don't even know what I would really necessarily change. Um, you know, the very what would you change about college swimming in order to make it more appealing? Because like I I felt that moment where you were like. Am I even interested? Yeah, like, I mean, if I, if 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 you want me, but if you want me in college coaching, honestly, you got to try to put the toothpaste back at the tube. This recruiting situation where you're you're having to go at sophomores and you're having to do all this, I want no part of that. Like that that does not sound appealing at all. I mean, yeah, we all grew up in a time, and I was a I was a, a product of it where, you know, it was your senior year you were making decisions you know or you started july yeah yeah, yeah you're right right you started after your junior year yeah we're obviously having more conversations early and on and i wasn't one of those but it was like it, there was an opportunity for kids who were really late bloomers and again i was one of those where it was like i wasn't even really recruitable at at at, at some levels until after my senior year of high school swimming, like that March, where all of a sudden my times were decent enough to be like, oh, he's still progressing. Like, oh, like somebody had to drop my name to the school that I ended up at 
first in order to even be recognized with it. Um, I just think it, it's it's such a it's such a rat race with having to you know you have to be you have to be a social media coordinator or you have to have somebody on staff that's good at it or because you know you can't rely on your SID because that's that's just not happening. Um, so sports information director for anybody who doesn't know the acronyms of, of collegiate swimming. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, in most situations in college swimming, you're dealing with somebody who might be following your team for one to two years. And if, if they're, and yeah, and it's an SID. It's basically, it's basically like they're about as useful as HR in a lot of senses. You got to do never all heard, the work and submit it to them for them to just yeah. submit it somewhere else. Yeah, they've never heard of swimming, and if they actually get any good, that that'll be a couple of weeks before they leave. I guarantee that every coach's answer would be the same as Eric. That that if you could change anything, whether you're a club coach or you're a college coach, you'd be changing recruiting. Because as a college recruiter, now basically you're you're forecasting. You're trying. Obviously, you, you have a certain level that this this person is going to be there, but you're forecasting, especially when it comes to guys. You know, the, the late bloomer now. You know, that's why Division Two, I, I would assume, is going to start to get a lot of these kids that might have fallen through the cracks. Um, but yeah, but so the, um, the, uh, the, you know, if you talk to any club coach, obviously they're, 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 you know, the pressure you're putting on a 14, 15 year old girl early on, you know, it, it's, it's, I, I'm sure club coaches want nothing to do with college swimming right now either because of that. And yeah. I remember sitting into so many of these meetings with, for like NCAA rules at the start of the year. We all sit around going through those things. It's like, oh, this was put in place because of football. This was put in place because of basketball. This is put in place because of AAU. This is all this stuff that's put into place. I, I can't think of any rules that, that went into place because swimming was the one, you know, breaking the rule. It, it, it never was the case. And basically what, what they're hoping, every coach, even football coaches are hoping is legislation comes in place to limit themselves from, from doing what they're doing. But they know that if they don't do it, someone else is going to get that recruit. Someone else gets that recruit, then their team is going to be diminished and they're going to lose out. And so they've got to burn through assistance. They've got to burn through GAs and it doesn't matter if it's football or basketball or swimming. So I, I guarantee everyone's going to be on board with Eric's answer of if anything could be changed in college swimming, it would be recruiting. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I hear you. And, and, yeah, it has a trickle down effect. I mean, it is putting performance pressure on the kids that we coach here right. at the club level. Um, and it's just pushing down, down, down mm -hmm. to younger and younger ages in terms of like, yeah, you've got to sort of show a certain level of performance by your sophomore year of high school, you know, because that's when the gun goes off and, you know, you, you start to like get on the radar. Lars, you, you not start. You should be on the radar. Yeah, there's a feeling that you should be on the radar by that point. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I do think that even as I say that, um, I mean, there's a reason besides not getting along with my former boss that I left Georgia Tech. I, I thought the lifestyle was not sustainable. And so even as I, you know, give that answer, would I um, I'm not sure how, how much money even would get me to pick up and take a job like that because I, I really would have serious questions about what it would do to the rest of my life. 
I mean, well, for I, anyone I, listening, I, I do have a number where, where I, I would be willing okay, to pick Joel, up. Joel, so Chris, yeah, is at, Chris is at none. Mine, you include the in the link below my, my cell phone for the number <laughs> yeah, and number. Com- if you're watching this in the comment section, you want to hire Joel, yeah. just put your salary bid I've got a in number in mind. He's, Get a he's, text. He, he's yeah. definitely... He does. He does have a number, but I city, state, dollar amount. Chris has principles. Joel just, just email him directly. Joel wants to, to eat. J. No. Um, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I mean, I, I, I would have serious reservations about lifestyle, yeah. and not to, not to even, um, like, I don't know, out the college coaches that are my friends, but a lot of them seem like they're having a really hard time, and like they don't seem happy. They don't, they don't seem happy with their jobs, with what they're doing. Um, they're working really hard at it. They're doing incredibly rewarding stuff. They're moving mountains for kids. But I'm not sure what it's doing for them. And so I, I would have serious reservations on that front. Well, what a depressing point. So, in the start, so everybody's starting so, to go back to where I was, like, as I was trying to come up with an answer. Like, I don't really know about this, except for Joel, who's like, just name a place. <laughs> yeah. Let me, know, let me know the team's colors so my shoes and my shirt can coordinate. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess my best piece of advice would be college swim coaches, stop waiting for some greater body to fix this for you. Um, cause they're not going to, you know, they're not going to come over the hill. I know it sounds almost impossible that there would be some sort of collective disarmament, right? Um, you'd always have somebody who didn't want to get on board with that, but I do think, um, you, you just, yeah, you, there's, there's a bit of an unsustainable situation here and I, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with it. What a great and happy podcast we've had guys. Um, appreciate you both for coming on. I appreciate uh, your candor for playing the game of Chris wins. And uh, I'm sure the listeners enjoyed it as well. Um, if you want more uplifting, positive psychology based content, you can listen to some podcasts here, but um, and, and like and subscribe. But you can also follow me on Instagram, Chris D underscore coach. Um, and actually I have a Facebook page that has a lot more followers. Um, but most people seem to prefer not Facebook, even though Facebook owns Instagram. But like, you know, do we want to get into all that? Chris DeSantis coaching uh, or CD Swim Coach at, at uh, Facebook. And um, of course, comment, like, subscribe on this um, on YouTube. And uh, you can subscribe to the podcast as well on iTunes. I still haven't figured out how to get it on another platform. Eric promised to help me, but then, you know. Still, nah, I won't throw you on the bus. Yeah, still waiting. It's still, definitely, yeah, still waiting for my increase in pay. He's still, the last he, he's still I stepped up to help you with. Yeah, he's still, he's still complaining about this whole pay issue, and I just think, yeah. you know, show me some results first, Eric. Okay, um, millennials. Joel, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. All right, thanks, guys, and I'll. All right, uh, thanks. See you later. Thanks, Chris. See you, Chris.